0: Welcome to the Women in Technology podcast. My name is Sly Gittins, and this series is aimed at amplifying the stupendous, the amazing women that's inside of the technology field. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. I got the one and only, the amazing Mamika Cooney. She is a a mentor, a leadership consultant. She's a personal trainer for your mind because we know right now going through this recession, the layoffs, this is a time where you got to fortify your mind and put a plan in place so you can continue to get your dreams because let's keep it real. During this time, there's going to be some people who achieve their dreams and some people who don't. So which one do you want to be? So I thought it was great to have Amika on this podcast. So Amika, can you tell the audience a little bit more about your background, how you got started, what do you do now, and just your personal story?
1: Sure. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I always love this opportunity to share and you know, help and encourage others. Well, as you can tell, I'm not from around here. I'm originally from South Africa. I was born and raised there. I met and married my high school sweetheart. We had one child, and growing up in South Africa during apartheid was pretty much recession every day. We never knew what was going to happen the you know, the, the the price of gas and bread and all that would go up and down up and down because it was a very volatile situation especially like in the 80s i know i'm dating myself here but um growing up then you know the whole idea is if you meet many south africans you'll know that we have the saying called a plan, which basically in afrikaans means a farmer makes a plan Mm -hmm. and what that really taught me is that uh, idea of being resilient that no matter what the outside circumstances you can't control you can control what you can do so anyway fast forward a few years um on the, on the cusp of the internet, is probably before a lot of your audience was actually even born. When the internet first came out, we were like, my husband and I saw this and like, whoa, this is going to change the world. But back in South Africa, which was about 10 years behind the rest of the world, when you said the internet and the web, and they're like, webby what? What spider thing are you talking about? So we were like, okay, this is going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. But we started back in, our, I'll say, 96, 97 is when the internet came out in South Africa. And then we really saw the the you know the potential of it. and, and um, both my husband and I got into creating our own website design company and actually building websites. I did the design and he did like the HTML coding. and we we kept doing that and eventually um, he's actually an engineer by profession. We found a, a an opportunity to um, get into the directory before the days of Google um, in industrial engineering. And we kind of kept building that, but we always knew we had a hankering for for bigger markets and for to do more because it was kind of restrictive where we were. Yeah. So we had the opportunity to immigrate from South Africa, to, South Africa to England in the year 2000, while I was pregnant with baby number two. So moving country, starting business, and a baby within six months not ideal. I would not say do that because <laughs> of course the stress yeah. levels were like woohoo. Um, uh, but of course we don't do things the easy way. Yeah. But um, you know, through that process, we lived in England for about five and a half years. And again, you know, being even though I speak English in England, you'd think we were totally foreign because of our accents. Yeah. And you know, when you're faced with a situation where you're in an environment that's foreign, you know, you just have to realize that it's going to take a while for you to get used to this whole. I like to call it the pivot and adapt for philosophy. And really, what that means is you know if things change, you have to be ready to pivot, like and change' you're like, okay, that, that might have been a goal or or a season or an idea, and if it didn't work out, so there's another another opportunity, especially for those of us living in first world countries, I mean, having grown up in South Africa really gave me appreciation for gratitude and understanding that you know I came and was you know raised in an environment that gave me opportunities, but many people did not. And that kind of has, has stayed with me my whole life. So even in, in those dire times where it feels like, you know, the rest of the world is going to part and all of a sudden we're like, what's happening? Our situation changes. We lose a client. We get fired. We have to move. You know, we get ill, or whatever. I've realized through this process is that there is, a, there is a very important part to having that mindset shift of saying, I know it's kind of tough now, but it's not going to be like this forever. Because what goes down must come up, right? There's always going to be a a morning sunrise to the day. And I think that's really important for people today, especially for our younger generation, because I'm a mom of three. I have two 20 20 something young adults. And I know the pressures they have is to this idea of having to just know what you want to to do with the rest of your life. I'm like, listen, when I was 18, I didn't know what I would want. What did I want for breakfast? Meanwhile, what outfits to coordinate in the morning? How am I meant to know? what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I really think that the first lesson would be that nothing is final and you, you do not have to decide on something today to decide that that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life, because our environment has changed. Now that kind of view from the fifties where you went to school, you picked a career and you stayed in it forever. It doesn't work anymore. We, that, you know, we've long passed the industrial revolution. We're in an environment with tech technology that is so advanced, we get our access to information that, you know, I never had as a kid. I mean, I would go to the library to photocopy encyclopedias to understand how things work. So I look at my kids now, they have a, a, the encyclopedia of the world in their palm of their hand. But what that does on the downside, is almost like TMI, too much info. And it's coming at them so fast. So I always like to say, um, you know, when you feel like things are speeding up and they're out of your control as to this concept i call you need to slow down to speed up and the way the best way i can put this is imagine that life is in well cliche life is a journey enjoy the ride but it's more than that because life is like going on a journey where you're in a car you start off and you're figuring out how to drive and i was i I learned to drive with a stick shift so it was like you know, a little awkward in the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks terrible. And if I'm screeching the wheels and, you know, you usually start up with something that's not as, you know, high speed quality, but it's learning to drive. Yeah. And we get along and we, we go and we learn. And sometimes we need to slow down and go and fill up with gas. Sometimes then we can go a little faster depending on the speed limit. And life is pretty much like that. But what happens is we get ourselves so stuck in like fifth gear, especially as adults, we, this, this never-ending cycle of just putting your foot on the gas, that it comes at a cost. That we push ourselves so far, like even though tech is great and the, inf- the access to information is wonderful, it's also a double-edged sword because it's almost putting us in this false sense of performance and anxiety levels are through the roof and the information is coming at us at such a high speed that we have to remember we need to be the driver of our car And not allow the outside drivers that are going at either overtaking us and seems like we're behind or cutting us off or, you know, avoiding the road rage. Um, And in some cases, when we, uh, we avoid the signs, we then crash and burn or end up stuck on the side of the road. So that whole story is really the story of my life of getting, going too fast, burning out, breaking down and getting stuck on the side of the road and realizing I needed help. So now that I look back in my life, I mean, I'm in my mid forties now and I'm like, if I had to tell my younger self or my younger my adult kids what I know now, this really is from that process of looking at your life as a long journey. There are going to be choices. There's going to be environments, situations, experiences, things that happen that are out of our control. And that's why it's so important to be present with where you are right now. And, and even... Um, Understanding, because I remember at that age as well, like when we were in England and I had my second baby and thinking, oh, my gosh, when is this ever going to end? Like you feel like you're in the torture trail, right? It's like just Groundhog's Day repeating again. But almost like I'd realize that if I kept that attitude forever, I'm going to stay there until I learn the lesson. So I've realized that, you know, life gives us the test first and then the lesson, not the lesson, then the test. That Sometimes it's better just to put on a big girl panties on and just say, okay, what, what I need to learn, let's get through this. Yeah. And let's just kind of get, get past that. So going back to my story. So we, we immigrated from England to America yeah. in 2006. So I was crazy. Did it all over again. Then had a third child <laughs> in America. But again, you know, the, the amount of stress. And I think, you know, when things are worth doing, it's worth the effort. And, you know, I, I just prepared myself. I know it's going to be hard. I know there are going to be tears and there's going to be pain. But I'm prepared to put up with that because I know what's on the other side of pushing through that, again, is adopting that resilience that no matter what comes at me, I'm going to just keep continuing. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to cry in a corner and feel sorry for myself. That's a pity party. And the only person who wants to be there is a party of one. And it's very boring. So I may as well just, you know, soldier through and realize even though things are tough now, they eventually go and they get better. But one thing I really realized through that whole process is that I had to take 100% responsibility for 100% of my results. And what that means is I had to stop blaming the, the, the politics, the, the government, the weather, other people, a job, whatever. And I had to realize and look internally and say, what do I have control of? Because here's, here's a really important concept too, is so many of us are in the pursuit of happiness. But what is happiness exactly? Really, if you look at it, it's reliance on happenings. And how many of us can control happenings, that things happen to us? The environment changes, the weather changes, then, you know, all of a sudden the the world's in a pandemic and all of a sudden we're out of control. Us trying to take on that anxiety of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Literally shows that we're control freaks and we haven't really realized how to work through those processes because there's a difference, there's a huge difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is reliant on happenings, which often we do not have control over. Joy, on the other hand, is a choice. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. Because remember, when you can be joyful in any situation. That no matter what the weather is, you can find the silver lining in every cloud when you realize that I've chosen to be here. I've chosen to do this. Yes, it's going to be good, There's going to be bad, but... Life is life is a journey. We're going to keep moving. As long as we're like putting one foot in front of the other, we then find that no matter what comes at us, we have that attitude of resiliency that's like, you know what? Just another day in paradise. Got to work through it. Got to do the thing. You know, sometimes our car needs an oil change. Sometimes we need to rotate the tires. Now, sometimes we need to retire, change where we were going and maybe put in different GPS coordinates because where we were heading ain't really taking us where we want to go. So that's really what brings me here now is I've been living here in the USA for 16 years. And between my husband and I, we've had six businesses. He's now, he owns a SaaS software company. And I've had everything from a coaching to a photography business, to marketing, consulting, book publishing. And really now, as I've come to this stage of my life, I really feel you know that the, the idea of teaching others yeah. and helping others overcome and build up their emotional resilience their mind because we are living in an amazing age that we have have so much information that we can use but it's up to us to choose because we still last time i checked we still have freedom of choice in this country not so much for some other people in other countries but i'm just grateful every day
0: the way you shared your story right on um, the different elements i think i for someone who has some of the parallels there from my family coming from barbado's to America. You know, I was actually one of the kids like you talked about was born in America, right? That, you know, the my parents instilled a sense of, you know, like I think that we shared it before like we're running a race and we all everyone on this planet starts at a different po- I mean, a uh, point. But that doesn't mean you can't catch up. How will how hard are you willing to work? What are you willing to sacrifice? Um and my parents and my family always told me there're going to be obstacles in your way. And it's up to you whether you're going to let them um, impede you or find a way to either jump over, move around, break through, whatever you need to do to get past that. And, you know, they used to share their stories of not having shoes at, you know, you know, until their own new pair of sneakers. So they're like 12 or 13. Right. And where I had Jordans and all these other things, like, you know, and I used to complain of the things I didn't have and then realized what I did have. Right. Um, And how did this, you know, goes back to this this conversation is like right now we're going through a lot of uncertainty, and I remember when I came out of college in 2011, it was still the remnants of the 2008 recession. You know, all the entry level jobs that they want of three years of experience. I'm like, wow, this is an entry level job. You need three years of experience, but I had to get uncomfortable. I remember I did an unpaid internship for six months. I'm literally going there losing money every day, but I was gaining. Um experience I was gaining I got like um, recommendations and that ultimately led me to get my first job and my first job wasn't anything to write home about I literally left Brooklyn went to Buffalo New York for $15 an hour at a tech support center and my family thought I was crazy like you want to go for $15 an hour not realizing this company was going to give me free certifications and I told myself mm-hmm. I'm going to spend every weekend every night for the next year getting all my certs because they said they don't pay for it. And I didn't have to repay them back. I'm like, this is great. You know, and then, you know, fast forward, you know, I'm thankful I did that because my life has, you know, has, has seen that uh, acceleration. Right. But again, mm-hmm. um, just to bring this back to you, cause this is about you is, you know, what advice? and you kind of talked about it when you give yourself earlier, but you know what, let's go a little bit deeper than that. Um, you talked about joy and happiness and I thought that was the best explanation I ever heard, right? About happiness, things happening you. But, Joy, you actually kind of making it, right? If someone right now just got released, um, just got laid off, they're thinking right now, they, they're in that point where they are like, what should I do next? You know, I know you're a mental, you're a mindset coach. What's the mindset they need to adopt right now to move forward? You know, because mm-hmm. they Dang. might go continue to do the same thing over again. Or they might want to pivot and do something new. But from your experience, how would you talk to someone like that?
1: Definitely. Well, you know, for a lot of us that find ourselves in situations where our, our environment or our situation is changed, and without, especially when it comes as a surprise, like especially if you, you know, a business fails or a you you have, you, you get laid off at your job, or that sense of not being in control is really what freaks people out. So really, what I, I've learned through the years is that. I've just come to accept that there's going to be things out of my control. Yeah. And I had to give up my um, uh, membership to Control Freaks Anonymous. And since I did, I'm so much happier. Yeah. I'm kind of like freewheeling, like, okay, what are we doing today? Yeah. I'm going to do things with excellence. And that's yeah. also another thing is being perfect was another one of my obstacles because I've always thought things had to work out perfectly. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to take on that job opportunity or take because they don't have exactly what I want. And I think that's part of our big problem is we're spoiled. In this right. environment and where we live today, we are spoiled. We want things perfect, but there is no such thing as perfection. Things, life is messy, but there is joy in the journey, right? Sometimes it might not look like you know. Sometimes you have to put the headlights on and everything's foggy, and you're like, "Where the heck am I? I can't, I can't even see like a foot in front of me." And sometimes the, the the you know it's raining down so hard, the visibility is terrible, and you have to slow down a little, and that's okay, but I think what it's really important for us to realize is that there are going to be so many situations in our control. This isn't the first time this is going to happen. This will happen again. Right. And I think if we, instead of having the attitude of, oh my gosh, I want to avoid pain, because this is how our brain works. Our brain is wired to avoid discomfort. Back in the day when we were, you know, living off off the land and we had hungry lions running after us, it was important to know that, hey, this is uncomfortable. I better start running or I'll get eaten. But we're living in a modern-day society that, that, that doesn't necessarily serve us. So our first instinct in our brain, and I always think, think of it this way, is there are two parts to your brain. There's the adult, and then there's a two-year-old who has a hissy fit. She loves to store a hissy fit when things don't go her way. And if us if parents out there, we know what that's like dealing with a toddler who wants something, and you say no. They're yeah. going to lay it down. And in my case, my daughter was very strong-willed, and she would do the whole fish-out-of-water routine. Very embarrassing. But I realized I'm not going to let her win. I'm not going to let the two-year-old having a history foot in my brain who's freaking out, who's having a complete drama, take over my rational thinking. So it's really understanding. And this is where self-awareness is so key. And going back to what I said originally is you have to take 100% responsibility for 100% of the results. If you realize the problem is you, we can work on things. If you think it's everyone else, you're in denial. And ain't nobody going to be able to help you if you can't come to the fact and admit that you need help in certain areas or maybe you lack something um, and maybe things aren't working out and it's okay to walk away like we have this big thing nowadays that I don't give up I understand the process of being resilient is important but also knowing when things are not working and when it's you being naive or being in denial and also looking at the bigger picture so for example going back to our original question is if you are laid off and it feels like you know out of your control of course the first instinct is to get angry or annoyed or upset or panicked or anxiety especially when you have bills to pay but the worst thing we want to do is allow our little two-year-old to have that his to start taking over and allowing all those stress hormones through our body because that shuts down your prefrontal cortex which is the front part of our brain which is our reasoning and mama was always right she says if you have a problem sleep on it and it really is true. Your brain needs time to process things. So I would definitely say is once you are aware that there's a problem, be willing to admit your responsibility and how you can change things and then willing to let go of the things you cannot because that's really what anxiety is. It's, it's the fear of the unknown or the, uh, the control of what could or what might happen. And the last time I checked, worrying didn't get anybody anywhere. It's kind of like sitting on a rocking chair going back and forth and back and forth, hoping you would get somewhere, but a rocking chair ain't going to get you anywhere. You're just wasting a whole lot of energy. And that's what worry and anxiety is. But at the same time, I also think anxiety can be good because you need some level of anxiety to motivate change. Because studies show that the people in the world who have this happy-go-lucky, don't worry, be happy, actually die younger than the rest of us who have some level of anxiety. So it is good in the ways where if it's motivating you to get off the couch to get out of you know mom's basement and actually do something with your life, that's good. But where it gets bad and toxic is when we overthink everything and we start to worry about things we can't control and we start to imagine the worst case scenario. And I like to think of it like you're at this train station and you have an opportunity in this drama train with all the people you know, screaming and crying and carrying on. You get to choose whether you get on the train. And I'm like, I'm not even buying a ticket to the, that drama queen club. Like, sorry, it's not going to be me. And just taking back your agency because you have choice. We live in a free will country where we still have choice. We have freedom to choose. And your choice and your freedom of your free will is still the most valuable thing. Even God will not interfere with your free will. If you don't want to do it, he cannot force you. Same way we have control and agency of our, our thoughts and our emotions. And I think for the young generation, that's a, that's a, an enlightened view is that a lot of the time we're not taught that we can control our thoughts. We just think, oh, thoughts happen you know, negative ones <clears throat> that maybe are from other people that you take on uh, um attitudes. And sometimes it's also got to do with how you were raised. Like what were those recordings and programming you had as a child that's reinforced thinking? I think where we lack, and, and I say this from experience as a parent who made many mistakes, I wish I had taught my kids from a younger age how to take control of their thoughts and feelings and say, okay, wait, I'm feeling anxious let me think what was the thought that i had that it started this because your body will tell you, you know your body and your 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 brain like your gut and your brain are very connected so when you feel that nervousness of butterflies in your stomach or that clenched fist like feeling like you just feel tense or even like your your brain knows and is assessing your your subconscious brain is assessing things before your actual brain your your conscious brain realizes you know, like just driving down the road and all of a sudden you're like, you know, I just have this feeling I need to slow down. Like something doesn't feel right. And a lot of us have just not even tapped into understanding that our body and our brain is always talking to us. So instead of us le- being the two-year-old who's going to like, oh my gosh, it's so terrible. I mean, like, it's just awful. I'm such a victim. Oh my God. Let's give up the victim mentality. You have more power and agency than you actually think. You can get to choose this. So even if it seems like it's the worst case scenario, and change this is another thing that always surprises people is change is like grieving because you're letting go of something that felt comfortable, and again, your brain loves comfort, right? Of course, you're taking away its passy and its blankie and its favorite teddy bear that that's what the comfort was, the job that how you went to work and what you did with your life, and yes, you will change, and it's okay to give yourself a you know some time to grieve. what I knew I was comfortable with is going away, but it's okay Today's a new day. What are the opportunities I have? And always think of it as a way of, you know, leveling up. Sometimes some of us are good, you know, jumping ahead with opportunity. Others need a little bit of a push. So even if it feels uncomfortable, come to that awareness to know that your brain is going to have a freak out. Talk, and I talk to myself like, okay, honey, I know you're freaking out. It's okay. You're safe. There are no lions. I don't see anything. No danger. You're fine. Breathe. Get the oxygen through your head, your, your body. And start to allow the rational adult to take control of the situation. And then you can make reasonable decisions. And then it's amazing how much better life can feel and how much in control you can be, even if your situation feels like it's out of control. So I hope that's useful. Oh
0: No, that was definitely useful because uh, I know for myself is I can, I think I can control everything because I got plans about plans for the plans that I had plans. So when things go you know, um South, I'm like, all right, guys, I'm prepared for it. You know, we get it done. Like I own the properties. I know it's gonna be a time where one of my tenants can't pay, right? So I gotta have a plan for that, you know, to be able to maintain things. But I'm realizing now sometimes you can over plan, create stress that don't even exist. The stress that don't even exist. I just made it exist in my head, right? I don't even need to be there. So um, you know, the same thing. I, I started going back and um learning more about stillness. Being still. So, like this morning, my son woke up early. It's like five. I usually wake up around four, but you know, he woke up at 4 30 and I'm with him. You know, I usually get frustrated and I'm like, you know what? He's a, my son is 11 months, about to be 12 months in February 5th, right? So, I'm about to be a year. And i like, let me enjoy this time because this time is, is only here right now. My daughter is about to be four and I, she won't let me snuggle her like that anymore. She's a big girl now, she likes to say, right? So, I know let's be still in this moment enjoy this moment. What am I thinking about? Why am i about to grab my phone. Why do I need my phone? You know, I, and, and I remember turn off the notifications. You don't need the notifications. Why do you need the notifications for? It? Right. Um, just just be here. Be still. What my body's feeling. What's my mind thinking? What's on my mind? What am I stressed out about? You know, like and I'm finding these things because I I'm a person who has ADD, so I got like a million ideas at once, which is good in marketing because you come up with different things, but when I was trying to turn off my mind, I got them swirling. And now I just let them swirl. Then I calm down like, all right, it's fine. Those are just crazy ideas. They don't mean anything. What do I want to do? And I know I'm going for a tangent. I just know I'm going for a tangent. I'm backslide. I see you going off and I'm selling this in my head, right? So I think that is uh, powerful. I think we don't, when I say we, the industry, um, us internally don't take enough time to build what's inside. I remember when I was growing up, and I think I talked to you, told you before, out of school, it took me a while to find a job, right? But why did it take me a long time to drive? Well, I spent a lot of Madden in college. I keep it. I keep it, I was a C student, not because of skill set, it's because where was I spending my time, right? You know, because I would get like my 80s, 90s on the test, don't do the paper. And like I come in last minute and do it and get like an 80 or 70 or something, right? But what if I would have taken that time and been purposeful in my time? I wouldn't have been in that situation. So once I realized that I'm the cause of that, it was uh, something that I can change. And I, I say the same into to my mentees. So um, what I did want to ask, because I know we're getting closer to the end of the uh, interview is, what what consulting services do you have? And if someone wants to reach out to you, how do they go about doing that?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, the best place to find me, and I have a lot of uh, resources online and free training um, is my website, which is mimikakuni.com, spelled M-I-M-I-K-A, C-O-O-N-E-Y.com. Mm-hmm. And um I have a I have a video training. I also have my own YouTube channel. And um I'm actually writing book number 10, which is called Unstick Your Mind, because yeah. I'm a total neuroscience geek, you can tell. Yeah. And I also come from um a competitive uh, figure skating background. So I've mm-hmm. been a you know I've done dancing and I'm actually I still skate today as an adult skater. Yeah. And part of that is like I love that idea of being able to mind hack the brain like how do I get myself over the fear of doing things right and this is really what's got me on this um and even just you know to mention that the reason I'm doing this today is because I allowed myself to burnout break down to where I pushed myself so hard I had a marketing agency and just didn't know when to stop like I was foot flat in the gas and eventually I had that moment where my body uh, broke down and I had to take a year off close my business and just really heal so from someone who's really been through that and knows what's the result of this constant pushing 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 anxiety you know you know high standards and being critical and self-critical and driving 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 it comes at a cost so this is what what I love to do now is empower and equip especially the younger generation of like before you make the mistakes I did let me help you before you get there so at my website you can get links to my youtube channel um I do um you know I have uh, limited versions of how I do consulting and coaching. Yeah. Um. I, and I but I do have a program that um you can do self-directed, which is called Unstick Your Mind. It's a twelve-step process that I've taken many clients and um, students through. But yeah, I would say just reach out to me. Um, come and grab some online. I ha, um. I also have uh, You know, books on Amazon. Um. Uh, but yeah, and also social media. You'll find me everywhere. My name is Mika Kuni. Yeah. And I post regularly, especially like LinkedIn and um Instagram and um, putting stuff out there. So definitely let them connect. And,
0: yeah. and them for everyone offer. out there, it's going to be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, take a look at the snow notes, click on it, go there. If you're on YouTube watching this video, make sure to take a look at the description. Everything's going to be there. If you happen to get to my website on sgtechsimp.com and will be a page dedicated to everything that we talked to today of all the resources. So, you know, until next time, Slide Gittins and Mamika are out. Peace.